and welcome to Land Parties, episode 124 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your Memorial Day weekend? How have you been, brother? Oh, man, my weekend was good. It was nice and relaxing and restful, which is uh, exactly what we needed mm-hmm. uh, after the last couple weekends uh, of some hospital visits. So we're all good now. Uh, girlfriend is, is resting and recovering. Uh, so it was nice. We started watching Stranger Things season four, nice. which uh, love, 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 love that show. I'm sad that this is the final season. But I'm glad yeah. that the episodes are super long, uh, so at least we can enjoy more of it. Uh, and yeah, just kind of enjoying our last uh, sub hundred degree weather out here in Las Vegas before the big heat wave until like October <laughs> hits us, and we're just hot all the time. <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> I know you had a, a super busy weekend. How was it for you? It, it was fantastic. Um, it, it was great. It, not only was it my daughter's eighth uh, birthday, so we, we dubbed it the birthday of many cakes. She had like three or four cakes throughout the weekend, uh, but we went back to Chicago. One of my best friends from college, Kat, she got married uh, this weekend, so it was uh, amazing to be able to celebrate with great people, great times. Uh, everything was fantastic about it, so glad I was able to be a part of that, and then came back out here my mom's out here my dad came back out here my niece is get is graduating uh tomorrow actually so everybody's in town celebrating so it's busy but it's good and it's nice to be able to kind of get out and be among people get into the world you know be a person again i feel like i've just been sitting in this office for so long it's just like oh the world it's real so it was fantastic (laughs) uh and 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 first before enough about us we've got to talk about our guests this is a legend but i've got to give that honor to my man lucas here please and introduce introduce our guests well, for listeners to our show, you guys are, are no strangers to the fact that I am a Green Bay Packers fan. And so I am insanely excited to introduce this week's guest, the Packers all-time rushing leader, a legend in Packers lore, and an esports coach at Lakeland University and host of Amon Green's Gamers Lounge, among other things. Amon Green is here. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, guys. Is I'm um, happy to be on the show. We've been uh, obviously planning this out for a little bit now, but glad to be here and ready to talk some esports, some video games, and definitely I did not know Stranger Things was this was the last season. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. But good things gotta come to an end sometime, I guess. Right, right. You know? I know, and it's 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 one of those shows that like the breaks were long enough that by the time each new season came back, like I was like. <laughs> ready so hard for the new seasons and uh i wish the season would keep going four seasons doesn't seem like enough but that's okay at least they'll go out on a high hopefully hopefully yeah the way it started because i've we're gonna talk about on my podcast on on tomorrow actually and Mm -hmm. uh the way the first two like we could watch all the episodes they all up right now so we're just gonna do two episodes per week uh so we don't talk about all of them at once which we could do and so far it's starting really good you know it's got it's starting at a good pace and then slowly from episode one to two i watched four already but one mm-hmm. to two it kind of you could tell is getting serious it's getting more serious you're seeing more from 
the upside down, this uh, Vinick seeing that guy show up that he has, you know, he's basically sucking the life out of people. <laughs> it's like, okay, he's getting hardcore now. It was more, <laughs> it was more teenage elementary school right. age in first couple seasons. Now this is straight up rated R <laughs> Friday the 13th, Freddie bad Freddie. I say Friday the 13th part one and two. Uh, Nightmare on M Street one and two because after three mm-hmm. it got cr- it went cr- completely into left yep. field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped, and you know I don't have an issue with it. I feel like a lot of times shows get drawn into longer and longer seasons, and then ne- then they start losing steam. So it's like I kind of appreciate that they have a clear cut like this is all we need to be able to tell this story. And not only that, that we're not getting skimped on this last season. We're getting ex- like the episodes are. Are, are long they're like 70 70 minutes 80 minutes yeah. um you know and then there's gonna be a part two this is part one and then here i think it's in july they're gonna drop part two and that will be that will include the then series finale so i'm excited to uh, uh check it out i haven't started it yet but uh we're definitely gonna grind through here now that we're back at the house and not doing any traveling in the summer break and stuff so i'm excited for that um very much, but- very much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, though, let's talk about some gaming news. And uh, I know we've talked about this uh, a bit here on the show and, and just leading up to it. Um, but we we now have uh, an announcement from um, Game Fest and, and Jeff Keighley them about what or who they're going to be working with and who's going to be participating uh, within this summer game fest. Uh, here's, I just want to go down the list real quick. Uh, we've got 2K Activision, Atlas, Bandai Namco, Bloober, I don't know who Bloober team, uh, Capcom, Coffee Stain, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, uh, Digital Extremes, uh, Dotomu, EA, Epic Games, Focus Entertainment, Frost Giant Studios, Level Infinite, Mediatonic, MiHoYo, Netflix, PlayStation, Raw Fury, Samsung, Sega, Square Enix, Skybound Games, Steam, Studio, MDHR, Tribeca Festival, and Warner Brothers Games, and of course, Xbox, uh, and if I missed Bethesda, we already know that's going to that's gonna, going to be one of the highlights uh for sure this is uh pretty exciting um i i feel like and, and when we heard earlier when we talked about this about uh e3 you know originally and way way early on in the year they announced that they're gonna they're gonna be all digital and then here a couple months ago they they just canceled it outright right. and i feel like you know, with with the game awards and summer game fest really uh, kicking in the high gear, uh, especially when we, you know, that first year when we were in the pandemic, it had all those eyeballs. You're seeing a lot of these major companies that have moved away from E3 uh, just because nowadays and where people in the audience is, they can produce and they have been producing their own thing. But it really seems like uh, uh, summer game fest is kind of taking that lead in the that top tier like you want to be a part of these announcements uh this uh, this week-long event or or um it's not even week-long it's, it's like a month long or months long right um yeah, with all the titles and then yeah <laughs> exactly it, this is I, I mean i love this time of year uh during the summer because we get all though this is where we start you know seeing things that are going to be coming in the future things that maybe we had forgotten about things that they haven't announced yet uh i i really love this time of year and and 
uh, I'm excited. This starts, uh, I believe, June 9th. So by the time this episode is out, you know, we're going to be about a week away uh, from this coming out. So exciting times. What are your thoughts? Is there anything that you guys are uh, kind of looking forward to or hoping to hear an announcement about? Mm, I say for me, being as passionate I am about video games, literally all of it, because mm-hmm. in all those 20 plus titles you mentioned are game companies that you mentioned, developers mm. between Gotham Knights. I mean, there is one piece. There's Horizon Down. I want to play, you know, and this a ton of other games from different genres. It's just awesomeness because. The only fun, I say, the part that's taken away is not it's not in person. You know, you can't really right. go go into a booth, a Ubisoft booth or Bethesda booth like it was at E3. And you go to these game cons, you could go right into the booth, either have somebody demo the game for you or you actually pick up a controller yourself and play through a little bit of the gameplay. That's the only mm-hmm. part I'm going to miss. But it's still good to see it because then, you know, see the artwork, see the the time that's put in to develop a game from the artwork to the game uh, plot of the story and the different storylines they have in all these different games. It's just fun to see and uh, to get it as a fan. It does. It doesn't matter if you love or hate something. You're like, look, man, we, regardless, we, we get to enjoy it. <laughs> at right. the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. I, I do agree that the one thing that, that is, uh, I'll be sad to miss is like the in-person aspect. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that E3 was, was great at providing was just that, that excitement among fans, uh, gathering together for the for those couple days and and you know trying to plan out your day, uh, which lines you were willing to wait in line for, uh, mm-hmm. rushing out to get all the swag and all that stuff like like that stuff I I do miss. Uh, which Ryan, you know when we when we first heard the news that E three was going digital at first, uh, we were all surprised given that how many events chose to come back this year right. uh, and, and have successfully kind of come back uh, in the meantime since then. And so the in-person aspect I do miss or I will miss. Uh, but on on the other hand, having a little more spread out gives a lot more of these companies a little bit of a, a chance to shine. Uh, there's not mm-hmm. so much of a crunch. Uh, the, the best and worst thing about E3 is how uh confine that space or time was uh so you can get maybe some of these smaller indie developers to kind of get their titles out in front of more eyes maybe hopefully uh i'm still really intrigued by what microsoft's going to present because uh like we said last week ryan without uh starfield this year they don't have a first party title announced uh for the rest of the year which has to change i'm assuming it's going to change uh but so i'm really intrigued by that uh but you know, as Aban said, this is just an amazing time to be a gamer. This is like when that the it's kind of like prior to the start of the football season, like all the hope and hype <laughs> for all those games is at its yep. like highest, and you can just see like the perfect turnout. So you're like, like this is where this is where it, it, you love being a gamer, love being a fan, and and you're just ready. Like every game's gonna be like a ten out of ten at this time of year, right? Yeah, and I'll say, yeah, and I'll add, I'll add real quick a good like you mentioned, uh, Lucas, that it being. 20 you know, a whole month long mm-hmm. uh because just imagine a month longer e3 just imagine right. that and, right. and, and and you know like you said standing and waiting in lines i would tell my friends that i convinced i had the conversation with prior to e3 i'm like hey guys you gotta at least come one time i said but mm-hmm. when you come you gotta bring your walking shoes and you gotta bring a backpack because <laughs> <laughs> you want to make sure you you want to stock up on water bottles a uh, gatorade and food because you're gonna have to stand mm-hmm. in line you don't want to go back to the car you don't want to go back out in the street you want to get once you get in sometimes you just want to be in so just yeah. be ready for it is a little job you gotta like like lucas mentioned perfectly 
you got to plan it out. Uh, but from right. a from a developer standpoint, to have thirty days to really take the time to sh- to produce and preview their game, they're going to have that now. And because right. I agree with uh, Lucas as well, with it's a E three really starts on a Saturday or a Sunday, and it goes to the next Friday or Saturday, and so that's mm-hmm. six days, not even a full week to display, to prevent or pre- present, launch, show your product if it's peripherals, if it's headsets, keyboards, mouse, new monitor from a company, because we know the, the endemic companies there that make monitors, that make PCs, that make controllers and keyboards are there as well, along with the game developers, Bethesda, Microsoft, and you know those companies. So I know with Microsoft, even though they don't have Starfield, they still are now working with Bethesda. They have own Activision, mm-hmm. so they could, they could use one of those um, developers as their big release, even though something that's random and I say perennial like Call of Duty, there's not much changing about it, but here's a big game that a lot of people still play. Yeah, and we, you know, we talked about that last week too, just how it's kind of the field's kind of cleared a little bit for Modern Warfare 2 to really be able to shine this fall. As like, I don't know why they don't then put put emphasis on that and, and really push for that. I think that'd be smart on their part. Um, I mm-hmm. am curious to see what Netflix has to offer as well. I know they've recently been diving more and more into the game sphere. So, you know, I'm curious to see, and I know a lot of their focus has been more towards those like mobile kind of gotcha games, but I'd love to see them do something a little more serious and actually, you know, either if it's working with a a separate developer or maybe something that they're doing in house that then they can put up for display. I think that'd be dope to see, uh, you know, during the game fest. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, and then, you got I guess maybe a preview of what they did a few years ago with the, one of their mm-hmm. movies. If you had, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Netflix, you could put it on anywhere. So if you had it on your console, you actually could play along and pick the scenes right. just like you were playing um, any role playing game that makes you have decisions. You know, so mm-hmm. a game like that, that was kind of their first window into that. So if you remember that and I did it, I watched the movie, I made my selections and yeah. uh, thought it was fun. They'd be interactive just to do something different. And then exactly. also another, you know, another big platform, uh, TikTok. They're they're delving into mm-hmm. the game space too. It's a little further off now because they just announced it, um, but they have companies over in, I believe, Japan or Korea or somewhere, and they're working on the same area as Netflix is doing right now. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah. We. It's funny that you say that because we talked about that like a few weeks ago and how they're diving into that. And they, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah, because I know that uh, it's actually uh, and they're testing in Vietnam, Vietnam I believe, yep. and it's shown uh, some some pretty significant popularity over there. So it's like we have a lot of because I mean we we see uh, Tribeca Fest, uh, Festival on this list. So it's like, what do they have going on? What could they potentially be doing? There was um, uh, uh, who's the company we were talking about here the other day that was shopping around at NBC Universal and oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, EA and EA possibly like we're seeing more and more of the film industry and this gaming industry starting to intertwine and people looking at all right, how can we get these popular IPs, these popular stories, and how can we then turn them into films and series? I think we're going to be seeing more and more of that coming as as we go along. 100%. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And you know that obviously a company like Netflix has shown a willingness to spend 
uh, tons and tons of money on projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm looking forward to them really diving deep into gaming and seeing what they come up with because uh, they've got the resources to do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Switching gears, but kind of also on this because we have uh, Sony is doing a state of play. Of course, it's this Thursday after this episode drops. Uh, so we'll have to talk about it next week. Um, but that, you know, we, we were kind of talking about the moves and, and things that Sony has going on. And I wanted to piggyback off the fact they've been throwing out reports about them um, and how in the next fiscal year's increasingly uh how they plan on moving over more of these sony exclusives to pc obviously they saw the the uh just the popularity and the uh, just the how much they were able to sell to that market i i feel like it number one be foolish of them not to you know completely box that market out video games and and the whole culture is changing it is a lot more hey i just want to be able to play my games wherever i want to be able to play them however i'd like to play them sony has always been kind of rather standoffish about it they've only more recently been more open to uh cross play and i still think they're, they charge a fee and and they up you know, people have to pay extra to be able to do it, or at least I know they were doing that at one point, uh, which makes things a little more difficult. But it seems like they are opening up uh, to that fact. I wanted to, uh, I found this chart here. So from the fiscal year of 2019, uh, it looked like maybe about 10% of their uh, sales were from PC, the rest was from PS4. And then you can see as we move on how it segments even more. Uh, I did find uh, it interesting by 2025 they have no listings for ps4 on there at all so it looks like they're going to be looking to monetize off of mobile pc and ps5 is there what they're expecting which also should hopefully be indicative of them being able to get more ps5 units out into the world and make it more accessible for people um but i think they had to do what they had to do in order to bridge especially with all the um, issues with chip shortages and and shipping issues and things of that nature they kind of had to shift off of what their main plan was which was uh, you know obviously start switching over from ps4 to ps5 and but when people couldn't get a hold of them they're like whoa we got to start going backwards and making sure games are compatible for PS4. It's nice to see now that they're, and it seems like developers as well are confident in just being able to say, you know what? It's been too much of a pain trying to, to go back and make this work for PS4. We are only going to do next generation and, and it's inevitable uh, in terms of that. But I I love seeing that they're making these pivots because I was starting to get a little nervous with Sony and and with especially with cloud gaming and how a lot of things are are moving more to kind of a 
you can access thing every or access things everywhere is like ah they might get left in the dust if they don't start playing ball here a little bit so we've seen their investments throughout the years they've invested in Microsoft's cloud uh, which was smarter than them um, we've got PS Plus that has now changed into the tier system which will uh, allow for being able to play retro games and things of that nature so I've been liking the moves that they're doing here and I'm curious to see here what in this state of play that's coming up uh what they plan on on unveiling and then what they have planned for uh game fest yeah that's that's always the big thing is to unveil um mm-hmm. what, what every company is going to have what their big title a uh, flagpole title game they want to uh you know stake in the ground uh, stick in the ground but uh to ps5 and the pc change as you showed in that graphic i mean that is that shows you where gaming is going um mm-hmm. i hope i say from a nostalgic and fan sake i hope consoles don't become obsolete because mm-hmm. that's where a lot of kids unfortunately in my opinion that a lot of kids game on because they're affordable right every pc you can't just go snatch a pc off the shelf at a best buy or a target especially a pc that you could play and get really good graphics or be competitive on so you have to resort to console so hopefully console you know with playstation with xbox with switch i believe nintendo is not going to go nowhere with uh right with console. so i'm not really <laughs> not really worried about them but i could look i could see microsoft i could see playstation or sony looking at the graphics and saying oh we're making a, a killing here at pc mm-hmm. so why do we even need to stay down continuing to build out a console when our consoles are, is just basically one step away from a, a PC. So hopefully right. like, you have that one person in the room, but like, no, we got to do console. We got to help. <laughs> we got to keep doing it because it, it helps with the grassroots for the, mm. for the communities, for the families that are in neighborhoods and in cities that can't afford a $1,800 PC or $2,500 or $3,000 PC with a 3090 graphic card that keeps that kid developing uh, skills, uh, esports skills, or even production skills, because you now, which is great, you could stream from a PS4, you could stream from Twitch on a PS5 and an Xbox 360. So it still gives them them the tools that other kids are benefiting in the PC world. Because I say I bring that up because I've been coaching two and a half years, almost three years at Lakeland, and I remember mm-hmm. my first year, I had one of my players who was a senior in college. That mm-hmm. until that year, 2020 fall. He had not played any game on PC and wow, he wow. he was a senior in high a senior in college. And then once mm-hmm. that season, we played Call of Duty. He played uh, an NBA 2K on it as well. And after the season was over, I kind of he checked in with me. He said, hey, coach, you know, you were telling me how, you know, it, it, you know a console is like this. It's good for this. But then you're going to notice the difference with playing on a, a game like Call of Duty that I played on play, PS4 for all this time playing on the right. PC you're going to notice the difference. And he's like, coach, you're right. I cannot not play Call of Duty on a PC now. He said, I'll still play some of my, you know, like like NBA 2K or Madden on my console. But he said, when mm-hmm. I play, you know, because I play competitive, he played competitive. So if I play competitive, I'm playing my Call of Duty. I'm going to make sure I give me a big, you know, nice, good PC when I graduate college. And I was like, that's that's why we have this program. That's why esports is erupting around the world and here, definitely here in the U.S. because that what you just said is what we are as coaches are looking for experience for young players like yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you make you make a great point that consoles are, are such a, an affordable entry point uh, th- that w- without them, it, it I mean, it, it's it's just a tough sell, right? I mean, even even mm-hmm. when consoles are reaching for five hundred dollars, you know that that might be stretching some families' budgets, you know, to to get their kids into gaming at first. Uh, you know, when you think of the Steam Deck, I think that's a great concept. Uh, I mm-hmm. think though that that even that's I think for for the market that I think that they hope to capture is a little bit too pricey right now. Like I don't, I don't know that many people have 600 bucks to drop on that, you know, whereas, uh, yeah, like you said, a gaming PC, you've got to spend some time researching it, uh, figuring out the right parts. Uh, and it's, it's certainly uh, not the, the most affordable option to, to get yourself into gaming. So, yeah, consoles. I I hope stick around. We know Nintendo is always going to do their thing. Uh, they tend to to shun whatever <laughs> the the other yeah. the, uh, market <laughs> ways are. Big companies, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I I am really interested for the state of play. Uh, I I am I'm intrigued by what they'll announce for PSVR two. Uh, I I think Sony. There's been a leak. You know, there's a leak, right? Yeah, I know. I haven't looked at it on purpose. I don't. Okay, I'm, not, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I, I think I won't pop it up. I think in the past, Sony has had a, a rough history of uh, whether it was like the Vita or even the first PSVR mm. of having some intriguing hardware and then just having that support just die really quickly. And yeah, it just have it like just have the slow, painful death from there. Uh, and I'm hoping that that's not the case with PSVR two. Uh, I think VR is is in this weird space where it's kind of on the verge of a breakout, it seems like, but mm-hmm. there are still some things that it needs to overcome, uh, especially comfort wise uh, and uh, price wise. So I think things like the quest, things like PSVR two, where we'll have buy-in from people from a system already uh, that mm-hmm. won't cost as much as some of the higher end PC VR systems. That's their best chance to get, mass market appeal so i'm interested for that uh and ryan you're right too of course having more of the games on pc just makes business sense uh and Mm. and you know what it's fine because like as a playstation fan i'm fine with that we'll still get our timed exclusives you know you'll still play god of war first long before it goes on pc uh it just makes sense for them to kind of get that second wave of business in yeah 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 exactly your memory on your console won't will not be taken away from all the PC games now. You could put that on your PC, <laughs> right? Yeah, all, exactly. the, all that gigabytes could be saved for the PC. Yep, oh, that's yeah. why I couldn't. That's why I don't even keep uh, Call of Duty on there. It's too big. It's too yeah. big. It's eating up like half my drive. I'm like, nah, man. I don't play it enough to to <laughs> do it. Um, I yeah, and I agree with you. But I I do think there's a couple of services. Like I'm a huge fan of Amazon Luna. That's got that's uh, Amazon's cloud service. And gaming on there is is actually really really smooth. A lot of people uh, just because the consumer, you know, a lot of people have TVs, and a lot of times they're smart TVs. So if you have a Fire TV, you essentially now have this this uh, uh, cloud gaming system. You just got to get the controller and then it's like, uh, I want to say it's like 5 or $7 a month for their service. And then if you have uh, Ubisoft, you also can play Ubisoft games on there as well. Um, so that is a nice little alternative. Again, the only thing that that's lame about that is that you have a subscription. It's like I'd rather pay and it's mine and I just pay one time and that's it. Um, but, you uh, you know, to death. That's what yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, this, I mean, this should be good. And you're right. The only, my only issue with, with P 
PS uh, VR too. And, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you can only play PlayStation VR on that, correct? Or you cannot, or like one way or the other, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it has to. You have you know? to connect it through your PS5. Okay, so it doesn't connect to a, a PC or anything. No, no, no. It's closed. See, I don't like that gatekeeping. Like, let me if I if I have this game, let me play it on my VAR. You know, like that's the only thing that makes me not want to get it because then you have to you have the whole proprietary thing with Sony. It was the same thing with their camera. They had this weird plug that like didn't fit into anything else but a PS4. I hated that. It was so dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. Once you said the camera, I remember plugging it, and I didn't. For me, I I didn't really like think about it. But now, as you right. say it out loud, a lot of people don't have multiple consoles like I do. So I'm like, that is a problem. <laughs> I would be totally, I'll be totally frustrated. I'll be totally frustrated if, if I'm playing yeah. VR games like that and I can't play them. Yes, I get that. Understood. Yeah. I feel That's it. my I feel only issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I obviously I have an Oculus, uh, but it's like, I'd love to try it, but it's just like, I can't justify that being able, you know, and we'll see what happens too when, when the second one comes out, we'll see what it does to the price on the first one. Cause maybe it'll be worth then getting the, uh, uh, the OG one. And then maybe they put like an update or something that like kind of catches some of the things up with that, with the, uh, uh, the newest one, but it will be interesting. And it, I very much, you know, having an Oculus now, I see that I used to think that VR was just gimmicky. I was like, nah, ain't no way that stuff's going to last. But the, the technology has really come a long way. And, and I enjoy getting in there and, you know, sitting around, like, doing things. Like, oh, it's, fun. Uh, it, it's a good time. Yeah. So another experience. It just gives us another experience. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the video game, you know, like the RPGs. You mentioned God of War. I mean, from mm-hmm. the time that came out, I think, what was that, PS2 when it came out, yep. PS3? I played mm-hmm. through all the games and, you know, walked through the con- uh, the story mode. And, mm-hmm. I mean, what would be, what would just kill me when Ragnarok hits is they have a multiplayer of something on some level. I'm be like, oh, God of War is multiplayer now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's on. I'm like, I'm ready. What is it? Are we going to have the, the you know, the Blades of Death or whatever they call them and just right. slashing up opponents? I'm like, oh, what else? Because they're being, you know, are, you know, finding out what they did with Halo Infinite. They're finally being bringing Battle Royale to Halo Infinite in Season 3 right. or Season 4 when it comes out in uh, September. So that got confirmed? Yeah, that, that's pretty oh, much snap. happening. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. I say it I wasn't confirmed. I'll say this. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't confirmed, but uh-huh. what I've been, because I play that, that's one of my main shooters that I play. Mm-hmm. Playing that, they have Last Man Standing, mm-hmm. and they have this one called Land Grab, where okay. it's basically like a BR. As you get in the area, it starts to shrink as you kill the your opponent. Okay, oh, okay, okay. So this, and I've heard, I played with some uh, semi-pro Halo players, and they said, mm-hmm. Zaman, this is the lead-in to the Battle Royale that's going to launch in September or October. Oh. I'm like, you know the pros, mm-hmm. though. I'm like, there you go. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. what it means. I say it makes sense. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I need to get it. I need to get back on that. It's been a little bit since I uh, since I haven't played since they they moved into season two. I was enjoying it though, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm glad that they made some changes and and because I know it got a little uh, it got a little. It, I wouldn't say it got stale, but like there wasn't a lot a lot 
uh, out the gate. So yep. it's just kind of it's easy, especially nowadays. There's so many games and so many different places that you can you can jump to and, and play and wherever your friends are and stuff like that. Like if you can't hold on to that attention, it's just like, all right, uh, now I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a sign of the times, man. These kids, yeah, you need to do something to keep their attention. Um, mm-hmm. And they definitely did that. They got like four, like they added in last man standing, like I mentioned, land grab, mm-hmm. and then they brought back King of the Hill, oh, and nice. then they nice. have the, they have Fiesta, where pretty much every time you respawn, you got a new weapon. So you yeah, learn, I love Fiesta. You, know, you either get, you either find out you really like this weapon, or you know what, this one is dumb. It, it shoots weird. The spray right. pattern sucks. I'm getting killed. You know, it's not a fast fire. <laughs> you know, you're doing, you're going through all the the gamer excuses of of why you just died. <laughs> so. So they're they're making it interesting to keep it. They keep them the variety there. The variety is good. the spice of life. So good job. I'll say uh, hats off to three four three there. Absolutely. You know what? Let's take a quick commercial break. Then we're we're coming back and and we're talking all things. Come on, we'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. And Aman, I've I've always been interested because obviously having an NFL career takes up just a little bit of time and and all the training that goes into all the years looking up to that. Uh, When did esports start to become more of a a serious avenue for you? And when did that start to take hold as as something you wanted to pursue? Um, So esports obviously didn't hit around until I was an adult. you know, our competition in video games has always been there. But as I got older here, I say in the Green Bay area, I've been always online playing. Like I mentioned already, Halo, my main shooter, uh, Madden, mm-hmm. obviously, and then doing, you know, toying around when EA had a basketball, an NBA game, NBA Live. I played on that a lot. Uh, Tekken was probably my favorite fighter game, and now it's Tekken and uh, Street Fighter. I mean, not Street Fighter, Super Smash Ultimate now. Um, yes. And so once I started to really hear from the underground of gamers of friends that I knew or reading the newspaper or going online, reading an article saying, you know, hearing more about E3. And, you know, I was a game four, a G4 network fanatic. I would wake up and just hit the T to go to G4 network and let it run all day. You know, so I was making <laughs> sure I got all the information. And as I, you know, from 2000 to about 2007 hearing, you know, starting to hear you know, about the MGL or MLG of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for professional gamers and, the championships from Call of Duty, from Gears of War to Halo, was like, okay, this thing is picking up streaming. And then a few years after that, I started hearing about video game organizations. So, you know, like Envious, like, was it, uh, let me see, Energy, Liquid, Cloud9, hearing these, mm-hmm. uh, these businesses now picking up and actually getting players, putting them on contract, moving them into a training uh, house. You know, in California, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, New York, whatever, wherever their 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 base was, it's like okay, this thing is picking up steam, and you know, I'm getting close to my end of my career now, 2009, and that's where I knew a lot of it was full goal. You know, I was always hearing about the ACS Halo Championship Series, hearing about Gears of War competitions, hearing about Call of Duty championships, where these kids and players are making you know hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to win. And so mm-hmm. once I officially retired in 09, 
I took a year off, got reconnected with my family, did my daddy part and was at soccer, baseball, basketball track. And uh, around that time, it was like 2010. My wife's like, all right, you got to get out of this house. You're, you're driving me nuts because <laughs> I'm there every, you know, I was not there every day. Now I'm there every day, but I'm doing stuff. I'm constructive. I'm helping clean up the house and getting the kids ready, but I'm keeping them on task. I'm keeping her on task. Hey, come work out with me. You know, I'm, I want to get a workout in real quick. She's like, what? I don't want to work out with you. <laughs> so it was just uh, it was just finding an activity, you know, and it was something I was I knew I was going to love to do if I could find where I could fit in this esports world. Mm-hmm. And I just started networking with the people right in front of me. I, like I mentioned, I go into E3, go into DreamHack, go into PAX, start going and frequent these events. And then remembering one of my playing days, I would go to E3. It was a few times I went um, during the early summer. To out to a launch party for uh, what was it? Uh, Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Mm-hmm. And start doing that. And I met a contact. Uh, his name was Dominic Isanti, I believe. And he was a rep there. I think he still works there. I'm not sure if he does or not. But I remember then the next year I went at, I went to Comic Con in San Diego. And he said uh, he he called my, my one of my friends who was my agent to help me get into these events. He said, man, I'm doing a launch party for Rainbow Six. When it dropped in 2015, I was like, you doing what? Where? I said, I'm in. <laughs> I was like, I'm already in San Diego. Might as well. You know, I was like, where is yeah. it? At? Oh, we, we're doing it at the at the W or the, the Lowe's, Lowe's Hotel or the W, uh, the W right across the street from San Diego Comic Con. I'm like, perfect. How long yeah. I got to be there? I was like, this is like oh, an hour. I'll probably, I'm like, I'm probably gonna be there for three hours. This is a new game. <laughs> I got to I, I got to crack into it. I got to. Yeah. Learn all the details of it. I got to dive in heavy. But uh, but yeah, so then, you know, just doing these events and I started networking with all those folks that, you know, like Dominic, like guys from you, uh, I say EA Sports. I knew the director there of of some of the the marketing and the uh, dealing with players, dealing with celebrities and just connecting dots with people. And just being, you know, being somebody that I wasn't as a kid, I wasn't outgoing. I wasn't a kid that was going to just walk up to somebody and start talking to them. I wasn't going to just say, hey, man, how you doing? You know, introduce myself. I wasn't that kid. I was very shy. Mm-hmm. The only thing that that brought my personality out was sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, kickball, riding bikes in, with my friends and playing video games. And mm-hmm. so now it's like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm 34 years old, 35. Now I'm way past that. So that's like, you know what? So me and my wife, we created a business card and I started handing them out and, you know, one thing led to another and people that I was already knew and then passed the car to somebody they knew. And then eventually right. I was shout casting for a Madden tournament, shout casting for a Gears of War tournament then a Halo. And it's just kind of the ball started rolling from there. And then after a while, about a year or two. So I want to say 2016. So it was like 2014, 2015. I started the ball rolling then around 2016, 2017, 2018. That's when I started to get emails or phone calls from people saying, Hey, you know, I didn't know you were a gamer. I didn't know you were just, you know, into it and passionate. We see you shoutcasting this. And I'm like, yeah, I've been a gamer as long as I've been an athlete. It started when I was right. six. You know, I had ColecoVision, I had Zaxxon, and Donkey Kong. <laughs> That's yeah, I right. I beat Zaxxon so many times that I can't remember. I used to beat it in 30 minutes. I had it down so good. Ooh. I just go over the wow. wall, boom, defeat the little villain at the end of each map. Um, I don't know how many times I say uh, the princess at the end of Donkey Kong. I, I beat that so many times. It was on ColecoVision. And then that led into the, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I was the first yep. on, my, on my block. 
to have it. And of course, I had friends come over, sleepovers. We're playing, you know, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, uh, Tecmo Bowl, Ten Yard Fight, is Legend of Zelda. So that's so that I say it's always been there. I was yeah. like for for what y'all know me as. I said when when I was a football player, that was my time to just chill. I could go do right. what I want to do for two three hours after a game on Sunday night or Monday night. You know, it might be late, but you know what? I don't have to get up early. Let's go. Um, mm-hmm. play, some G- play some GTA, play some Hitman. You know, back during my days when Hitman first came out, I loved it. Uh-huh. Added along with GTA Vice City. So to see where things are now is awesome. And then, you know, 2015, 2016, and, and then I just kept kept grinding as we gamers do we grind on the game we grind in life we grind and i said from the connections i made i basically a friend of mine of you know who worked at at lakeland he brought the job opportunity to me and and right away he's like amon he, he brought it to me he goes uh amon i got two job opportunities for you i'm like well you know me very well so it's got to do with football and video games he said yep to both <laughs> uh so my man Larry, he uh, Lakeland wanted me to play, you know, coach football and coach esports, and, and mm-hmm. I said, well, let me. I said, let me think about it um, about doing both. But in my head, I already knew that esports is going to be. I gotta, I gotta go 100. percent I can't go 50. Mm-hmm. I can't do 50 here, 50 there. I gotta do 100 percent right. there. So I thought about it overnight to really sink in my brain. And then when I woke up, I felt the same. I was like, yeah, I gotta do esports 100 percent for this to work, to get off the ground, to people to understand it, to respect it. And the beautiful part was that the administrators who basically are, you know, pay my bid, pay, pay my check, they mm-hmm. were in full support because they built up a budget to make sure they pay, they had a salary to pay me to buy out our first round of uh, our first, our stage one of all our PCs, our gaming t- uh, stations, the tables, mm-hmm. monitors, the gaming chairs. They, they did the budget perfectly. Um, so year up until last year, it was just me. We had 18 gaming stations, 3000 square feet of space. Could we call it the, the, I had the players name it, call it the fishbowl esports facility and, uh, on campus in Lakeland. And then now this, just a few weeks ago, um, we got another, we got our other 12 computers. So now we have, we're going to have 30 gaming stations come the fall, you know? So I get back when I get back home. I'm going to basically go to the facility, set up the tables and the chairs myself with my assistant coach now, who I was mm-hmm. able to get on staff. So now it's me and assistant, and then we'll have, one, awesome. G- we'll have one GA. So the program is growing, you know? Yeah. And so this is my, this is what I knew I can do because I learned this from the traditional sports world. I was a player. I always paid attention to the head coach, the assistant coaches. Yep. You know, once I got to the NFL, I paid attention to what the GM did what the heck, you know, how they communicated to the head coach and then how the head coach would communicate to his assistants and how the assistant coaches connected, connect or you know, communicated to us players to teach mm-hmm. us, to show us how to get better at our jobs, to be a running back, quarterback, wide receiver, defense alignment. So that's basically me. I'm that facilitator to say, hey, I'm coach, you know, this bot laner, make him a better bot laner, a better juggler in league. Mm-hmm. I call him, I, I designated myself the FPS specialist now because I heard I met a coach from another school. I said, mm-hmm. what what what's your position? He said, oh, I'm the FPS specialist. I said, I like that. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking it. Yoink. <laughs> I was like, because I, I thought about like all my game skills in a shooter. The, mm-hmm. I, I definitely have the basics down because obviously if you're, you're a good shooter, you don't miss your shot. Right. You know, you're right. on point. Um, you know the spray pattern of your weapon. You know the spray pattern of weapons you don't use. 
you know, you got to know that stuff to be a game or to be a, a, a good at FPS beyond all the other different ultimates, you know, Overwatch. Um, what else? Overwatch has ultimates. Uh, so Valorant. Valorant. That was uh, what I was trying to think of. Valorant. You know, so mm-hmm. outside of those two games, and then Fortnite has the building or no builds, which is great. I've, I get a lot more dubs with no builds because I'm not a builder. I'm a shooter. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm a shooter to to the to the to the bone of me. So I'm happy there's no builds for that. But yeah, the basis of shooting is just working on your craft, practicing every day, going into the weapons drills or the shooting gallery in Valorant, and working on you know different scenarios of how you're going to need to shoot, how far. You know, if you're going to be a sniper, how you work on your sniper. It's just we're going in and what I know about football. I worked every day on my footwork. I work every day in the weight room to get stronger and bigger and faster and then sprint and to help myself, to help myself stay, you know, at that competitive speed. But same with, mm-hmm. you know, at eSports, you got to, what you're good at, just keep practicing it, perfect it. And then all the other stuff will come into line in that shooter game or any game you're playing. You know, if it's a mobile, if it's a fighting game, if it's a sports game. You got to practice makes perfect pretty much, but you got to have per- good practices to make perfect, not just practice. Right. You can't go in there just goofing around. It's like, oh, we practice for 30 minutes. And, but if you goof around, you got nothing done. You got to make sure you're, you know, you're in there an hour. Make sure you maximize that hour having a perfect or pretty close to perfect practice because you work on that, the techniques, the details that then make you better in an hour instead of, you know, jacking around for an hour. So that's kind of, I said, that's in a nutshell, that's pretty much, you know, how I got into esports and, still growing um we actually have myself and my assistant was going to be coaching at esports 101 it's going to be mm-hmm. 280 uh, communications here at the college level at lakeland so other schools are us excluded from the east coast are doing a little bit more and they, i think tespo on the west coast is doing it as well so where there's going to be um college credits for you know learning about the foundation of esports where it started the history of but then also now learning the different areas of work you guys that guys and women could go into because y'all both know y'all doing something that's similar to what an esports athlete can do an esports pro he could be a podcast host he can he Mm -hmm. or she can host their stream that's revenue on top of being a pro you know right call of duty or madden pro or 2k pro you can then be a spokesperson or spokeswoman for x company they'll pay you this amount of money you know to do this but you got to know how to you know you got to know the etiquette you got to know right. how to be a pro. You got to know how to show up and be the, be the person they expect you to be, be a professional. And so that's mm-hmm. what the class is going to teach. And obviously give it a little bit of, you know, teach the history of it. Kind of like, you know, me growing up, you know, back in 1983, 84, Nintendo came out this year. These were the games and there was only so many games you could pick them. There was no, no memory. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you played a game, you better finish it because if you <laughs> went back and turned, you turned the Nintendo off, it was going to get erased. <laughs> so, so just, just letting, letting, showing kids know the history of video games and teaching them mm-hmm. that is something that I hope that I definitely, as a kid, I know I dreamed about this. Like, man, it'd be good to, it'd be, that would be a dream if I could teach the history of video games, you know, from my point of view, uh, how even though I'm a traditional sports athlete, it was still there even when I was off the football field that if I wasn't on the football field in the weight room, I want to be on my Xbox or my PlayStation or right. now my PC playing something, grinding on something, because that's the, where my mindset goes next. So that's kind of, that is pretty much uh, how I got into esports and continue on into esports.
I I absolutely love that. Um, number one, the fact that you had the opportunity to be able to build out this program. And like you're saying, there are a lot more institutions, uh, even on the collegiate level, on the high school level now. Uh, there's some folks out here in Las Vegas that we've worked with and gone to their events. Um, it's here to stay. And, and I'm glad that they are seeing that it is a viable uh, profession, especially at this younger age. And you're absolutely correct. Um, getting this this training and this be, being able to be a professional, especially the fact that they're so young when they get into this stuff and they and they start. There's so much education that needs to be had on their part, on, uh, you know, in front of how do you deal with the media? Uh, how do you properly uh, manage your finances there's so many there's so much more than just sitting down and playing video games now because they essentially are a brand themselves as well and they're building their own brand along that so having the guidance especially uh on being in professional sports being able to be in a room where it happens and being able to take that knowledge and then apply it and educate these young people is is absolutely huge yeah, I'm excited about it um, to to go to have a conversation about, oh, no, you know, if you're not a pro, this is what you can do. You could be a content mm-hmm. creator. You could be a you know content creator slash streamer. Um, you could go into social media director coordinating because a lot of kids these days, that's all they do. They're on they're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They're making the memes, the the gifts, the the funny post on whatever, and they, they're making fun of, of somebody or they're talking about gaming. But that is mm-hmm. a job. I tell people, I tell my kids all the time, you're posting on Instagram three, four times a day, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you can learn how to post that and make it a living. Where three, four posts a day could gain you fifty bucks per post. Right. That is a living. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just telling you this to tell you this. I'm just telling you this like you already got a tool coming into school because if you graduated high school, you kind of on a path of you have goals that you want to accomplish. So Mm -hmm. one goal might be that degree before esports, you know, has turned to this 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 behemoth of a of a being, and now is ruling. You know, it's in the business world. But now, hey, you're pretty good at Call of Duty. You might want to give that a shot. You know, go path to pro. Um, I could connect you with certain people that I know or I could reach out just straight up, do a, a cold call and say, hey, call, hey, Activision, I got this. I know about the league and you know what's the path to pro about and go from there. And you never know what could come out of it. You just got to ask the question, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's been fun seeing the development of, of esports, especially in, into the younger ages. You know, Amon, if you were giving advice to to those younger kids now that that, you know, they have the benefit of, of growing up in a world where esports is becoming more accessible and accepted. What are those steps that you think they should be taking or thinking about? And, you know, also what, what I've always found interested, interesting too, is uh, one of the parallels I see between esports uh, and, and traditional sports has always been kind of like the length of the career, right? If you are talented enough and blessed enough to go pro, you know, your pro career might not last that long. And so like, it's, it's also thinking about, like you were saying, turning that into, to opportunities afterwards, you know, we're seeing that a lot with pro athletes now to whether they're turning to the booth or, you know, whatever businesses they're funding. So do you see more of an awareness of that, of thinking kind of also long-term and how, you know, you might be focused on trying to go pro right now, but it can also lead to a, a fulfilling career 
after that, however long that that pro career lasts. Yeah, I would say in esports, yes, because that's how they got into where they're at. You know, you could start streaming, I believe, what, 13, 14? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. your, parent, your parents sign off. And so if, they, if that's the case, 13 years old, you're streaming in your bedroom um, from whatever you're streaming from. It doesn't matter, but you're out there. That means you're getting experience. You're starting raw. And so you could grow it from there. And I would say, you know, then watch other streamers, you know, watch your favorite streamer and see what he or she does to set up the stream, to advertise it, to promote it. What games are they playing? You know, how they're conversating with the chat. Just take all those little little nitbit details because that's stuff you're going to, you know, you're going to need to use. And uh, I'll say from, you know, if you're you are that kid that can go pro, you know, use that time. Go pro. Be successful, but also have the mind, the end in mind, you know, okay, my career is going to be maybe five, maybe six, maybe 10 years playing Halo or playing Call of Duty. Now, with the end in mind, where do I want to go after that? Have that all ready to go. And uh, I remember talking to like traditional athletes. If you thought, you know, they would tell me all the time, if you think about the end, your career is over. And to me, it was like the flip side. I was like, no, I was just making the next move because I'm not going to be able to play play football forever. I wish I was either Wolverine or Superman. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could be that guy to play play running back in the NFL for a hundred years. I would do yeah. it. But I, let's, th- let's think logically here. My body is only going to last, which it did. I mean, it lasted 12 years in the NFL and that's a lot mm-hmm. for a running back. And so, but I yep. knew then I wanted to, you know, maybe going to coaching, maybe going into something else. And that esports is that something else because I knew coaching was going to be there because I, I've learned a lot as a player, but now I coached high school football, baseball, and track up until esports took over ten for about eight years, and so I knew I could coach. And then the commentating on football, or now commentating or shoutcasting esports, that's something that developed. And then I grew the confidence that oh, I could do a League of Legends match. I could I could shoutcast a Fortnite now because now I know the game because I coach it, right. and I have to know because I got to help my players get a little better. And then the part I already knew going into all the esports is the teamwork aspect. Football, baseball, basketball, the sports I play, especially football, is the, is definitely one of the ultimate team sports. And you got to have communication and that every player has to be held accountable on their actions, good or bad. And then you got to have that family connectivity to that you guys and girls can have conversations to help you get through the rough patches of growing together as a team. And that's, a, I say, that's some of the biggest conversations and most serious points I've had with my players because all these players are young. They're coming out of high school, you know, 18, 19, and they haven't been around uh, other players that's going to be their their tank or their DPS. Now they're, they usually play with their friends online. They already know them. They, they can talk to them a certain way. They can joke around with them. But now you're in a college campus that some of these kids you don't know, and now you got to reintroduce yourself to find out, okay, what type of DP, DPS player is this? Is what type of tank party player is this? Mm-hmm. Or is this my sniper? And how can I talk to them to make you know, hey, you got my back, and how we we have each other's back too. So you got to basically reestablish yourself with a new group of um, teammates and friends, and hopefully friends at the end of the time there, you know, at Lakeland or any university that a, that a college athlete, a college esports athlete goes to. What? So l- let me ask, what kind of advice would you give to someone that maybe? has thought about it, but they've never really pulled the trigger on anything uh, moving forward. And what are some of the pitfalls maybe to look out for as well? Because I feel like there is also a bit of a misconception um, that 
oh yeah, you just play games and you go pro and become rich and famous, right? <laughs> I wish it would I'll, take, I'll, I'll take that, please. <laughs> right. All right. Uh so I, I remember the last part you said the pitfalls. Well the pitfalls mm-hmm. is uh it's just like anything else. And you mentioned it <clears throat> earlier. It's the financial. One part of it is financial. It's not being aware of, your, of the money you're making and not taking care of it, not saving it um, and not being or just being responsible with it. And, right. You know, you might if you go pro, you're, you know, like NBA 2K. I know that one very well. You know, they get paid. I think their average salary is between 40 and 50,000. Mm-hmm. Just off the jump. And that's if they win no games. And then if they once they go into the regular season, they play in the weekend tournaments and the weekly matchups, they could win another additional. I think if you go throughout the whole season, another additional 50 grand or 60 grand. So you're, uh-huh. talking, about, so you're talking about over 100 grand in total if you win certain tournaments <clears throat> throughout the NBA 2K season. And for 18 year old, 19 year old. That's a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know? So now for a then, year old, that's a lot of money. <laughs> right. And so you gotta have hopefully you got a mom or dad or a family member or somebody close to you that's able to manage that side of it. Because mm-hmm. as a player, is it good for you to manage do everything at once? If you could do everything, great. Um, but if you don't, it's okay to ask, but make sure that person that you work with is somebody you trust. Because that's another mm. pitfall, you know. You gotta find it's tough, you know, to be in the in a, in a space. That's where I was in a space where everybody wants your attention. Everybody want basically in a nutshell, they want your money. You know, mm-hmm. they want to try to benefit with all your hard work that you put in. They want to yep. do it at it. They want to get in easy and just take it off of you. And unfortunately, yep. there are people out there, so you, it's hard to see sometimes because they're smiling. They real nice. They're they present mm-hmm. a good a good conversation. Then you find out in the day, you know, they they're trying to steal this from you, and that's sad. Right. But that's the truth, and that's how this world is. There, not everybody will shake your hand and say hello and be with the words that come out their mouth. They do. They do with the words that are coming out their mouth. Not everybody's that way. But if you could find that person or somebody that's already you that you already know and you trust them, then they could be right by your side to help you be the pro that you can be. Um, and they can be responsible for what they need to do. And that helps that helps the process a little easier. But that's just, the, you know, that's just part of it and be ready for it. That's the realness, because it's now you're a professional, just like being a teacher, being a doctor, being a lawyer. That's the real world. So being a pro esports athlete or pro athlete in general, you got to ha- you got to be aware of that. And how you do that is, you know, talking to people like myself, talking to the coaches and the teachers at the university, at the school, high school you're at. You know, don't be afraid to go down that have that conversation and be like, Hey, I want to know this and that, you know, like you mentioned, what's the pitfalls? Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then what was the first part of, of that question? It, it was somebody that was looking to kind of get into, uh, going on that or starting that path, uh, to becoming a professional or, or just something that they want to jump into and maybe see if it's something that they would want to do. Uh, what would be your suggestion for somebody that'd be in that situation? Right. Um, for so first, I say for the pro, like for actually the esports pro side of it, if it's your, you know, find obviously you know your favorite game. So if that favorite game, as we know right now, we know there's an Overwatch pro league, there's a Call of Duty pro league, there is a League of Legends pro league, and now there's a Valorant pro league. So check out those websites. They have a pro path to pro area. You could sign in if you already have a team. You and your teammates could sign into that that league path to pro division. 
and start playing there. Find out all the guidelines, you know, read what you got to do. You got to have, you know, probably like if it's a four, you know, four, five V five, you probably need seven to eight players. So just in case players fall right. off, they can't play a weekend in this tournament, which happens. Make sure you have somebody to sub in. You can start down that path. You know, if you're at a university now, um, you can, you know, talk to the coach, you know, talk to the administrators. I say talk to the coach because the coach at your school most likely knows somebody um, that they can reach out to or they know where to go. Maybe somebody knows somebody go from there. And and if you're that student that you're really good, but you're not pro ready or you're not pro good, then that's what I mentioned. There is marketing you could go into. There is shoutcasting you could go to. You could be an influencer, content creator. You could be a shoutcaster. You played the game. You got trained at the game. You know mm-hmm. the mechanics. You know all the details to now describe it to fans. So that means right. you just got to learn how to sit in the booth how to talk, how to use your words, how to be um, articulate, because that's what they're looking for in being a shoutcaster or being a broadcaster. They want to make sure you can sit down, you got your words in line, you're ready to fire off, you're ready, you're ready to banter with your co-hosts like you two do here. You know, you got to understand it's all a little, it's all kind of a game, but learn mm-hmm. how to do it properly. You could be shoutcasting. Eight, I, know, I know casters that cast 18 different games. You know, wow. and they get they get flown out to buy the, the company that set up the event and they're getting paid good money. And that's their lifestyle. And because they worked, they got their tools in line, just like how you get good at a game. You get good at Call of Duty, League of Legends, Fortnite. You practice, you train. And they did the same thing, you know, like going on YouTube and watch an old LCS game, put it on mute and cast over the right. game, you know, and that, that's an old tip and basic stuff that I've used to see get information from different shout, you know, I say commentators because it was football, but now shoutcasters, you know, just take a game that you really like and mute and mute it and then cast it and record yourself. And then, you know, listen to your, play it back and listen to how you talked about how you described, maybe show it to somebody that is a pro or somebody that, that, or just your, your, your brother or sister, like, Hey, look at this. Then, you know, read it and listen to it. Let me know what I could do better. You know, be ready mm-hmm. for that and be ready for the constructive criticism, because the only way you get better is you you work on your weaknesses. Right. Um, you might have Absolutely. some strong. Yeah, you might have some strong points, but there's going to be weak points and you got to be OK with that because you want to make your weak points. Now your strong points. So be ready for that. And that's how you I say. Yes, I say that's one way to get better is always find out where you need you know work at and make it better and keep your strengths just as strong, if not more stronger than you know, any other um, quality that you have. You know, Aman, I, I know that that uh, we we've been talking for a while. I could talk to you for hours. I did want to give you a chance <laughs> to talk to yeah. you about uh, your show, The Gamers Lounge. How did that kind of right. come about? It, it's a great listen. I love listening to it. Can you kind of talk about the origin of that and and how you've seen that show kind of progress? Oh man, yeah, that was a great. That's a good. That's a great question because it has a fun <laughs> story. Because I I say I started The Gamers Lounge back in I want to say twenty. Was it fifth? No, yeah, yeah. About 2015, I was so I was working locally. I still live in the Green Bay area, and I was working locally with uh, WFRV, which is CBS affiliate. And I was doing my sports talk, you know, Packer football on Sunday, before and after the game. And then I started talking with some of the producers in the studio at the station. Hey, you know, I do. I play video games, and I just started streaming. So this was I started streaming in 2016, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was between 2016 and 2018 where I 
I pitched it to them and they were like, okay, you know, how about let's try it in the off season. Once the NFL season's over, we'll try it. We'll just, you know, test it out. Have you go live in studio. We'll put it on our YouTube channel. And so mm-hmm. that's when I started basically in 20, yeah, it was, it was 2015 and they put it on the local there. So they had a YouTube channel. They just do it on there and they made it. We made an intro. We had some nice graphic design artists that was in the studio that were so excited to do something not news related. <laughs> You know, yeah. not, not murder, you know, murder, death, kill, you know, battle in the weather. Yeah, we're talking about Super Mario. We're talking about Call of Duty. We're talking, they're like, oh my God. They're like, oh my God, I play this game. You know, we're sitting in the production meeting. And by the end of the meeting, we're talking about, you know, how hard is it to beat the last level of Gears of War on the train? When you're on the train and the locust is in that one guy with all the, 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 the krill or whatever the bird is that is made of razors coming at you. So we're talking about, you know, we're not even, we're, we're done with work. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm like, that's what I knew. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start growing this out because I'm like, I'm talking about something that I could talk about all day long. I love mm-hmm. video games. And then, so as I developed it, then obviously it was the video game side of it. But then also, I just thought about all the cons I went to. It wasn't just video games there. We got right. Marvel's there. Disney's that you know, you go to Comic Con, they now they have Xbox. Xbox has an area, but there's Marvel Comics, there's Hasbro Toys, Microsoft is there. You go to E three, that's all you see. And now the movie industry, like we talked about earlier, we got the movie industry or movie companies that are coming into E3 that have, that have been doing it for years mm-hmm. because yep. they're making movies spin off of their, you know, making video games spin off a movie that they made that was very popular. Um, so, you know, with all that going on, I was like, all right, now let me just, you know, dress this up. You know, I got to write a run a show dialogue and all that. And what my question is going to be, what my second segments are, what, you know, what they're going to be called. And it just grew progressively from that year one from 2015 to then I went to uh, I worked with them until 2017 and then I started working with iHeartRadio in the at the end of middle end of 2017 and then that's when I really started to pick up steam because obviously being partnered with iHeart and I'm mm-hmm. still streaming you know my regular games where I'm just playing Call of Duty or playing Halo or playing Madden and then I started doing you know the gamers lounge and when I got to iHeart, that's when I met John, who's my co-host now. And then we had another co-host, uh, Ben um, Yant, and he was more of a producer for, for radio mm-hmm. shows in the Madison area. And John is a radio personality. He runs his own show. He does a podcast now called John Cast Podcast, and he talks about random stuff and from his from his point of view. And it's a great show. I'm trying to try to get on it real soon. And we already did one episode. I'm trying to do my, my second one now. And it just grew from there. And as I got more feedback that, like I said, get that constructive criticism between John and one of my friends from college, uh, she goes by Notorious Afro. She's a, I found out she went to graphic art design school. Mm. So she started. So the graphics you just showed here, that's all her. She wow. put that together. Oh, that's awesome. The, the Gamers Lounge behind John right there. That's her creation. And I was like, she, she's like, what colors do you I like? Just make it fun. And I didn't care mm-hmm. about the color. I was just said my favorite color is blue. Well, you don't have to make everything blue, but right. she did. She made it fun, neon. I was like, oh, man. I said, this is sweet. I said, I love it. Um, and then we just kind of grew together because we, we we were with iHeart for about a year, and then we grew apart from them. So that that deal ended. But I'm like, let's keep this thing going. I mean, we're having fun, yeah. right? I said, John. I said, I know you. You know, you got a family. You got. You got. You know, this is nothing that we're getting paid now. 
at that time we weren't. We're getting we're making a right. few little bucks now. But I said, look, if you got to go do your, you know, you got to search for a job because that's when COVID hit. And mm-hmm. I'll say, I, I completely understand. No problem. But I said, we're here, though. I say, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to record once a week on Wednesdays. I'm going to still stream on the other days. If you could, you know, if you want to still be a part of this, you know, the door is always open. And he's like, you know what? Let me think about it. And he thought about it for like a, about two weeks and he was right back. And so not, that's why me and John's been rolling on the show for almost two and a half years. We're right behind y'all in episodes. We're on episode one this week is 110 i think or 111 nice. i think y'all like 123s 124 you said at the start so we're right mm-hmm. behind you so we started around the same time and uh and we're just picking up more steam there's other conversations i've had with other production companies that want to help us produce this where we could just worry about being the host you know commenting right. giving our opinions and doing same thing that you two are doing here. And tomorrow episode, we're going to a majority of our conversation is going to be what we talked about before we went live is Stranger Things. We're going to talk about that and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, it's like, oh, yes, to be doing something like this and, and say, OK, I get a little money for it. Hey, that's just icing on the cake. I could do this without mm-hmm. the money. You know, I'm going to have fun doing it because it's something I just love to do. So, yeah, that's 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 how. I say that's how everything got started, and that's basically where I am now. Continue wanting to grow it out. I love that, and you you talked about that earlier too. Just kind of being having not putting your your eggs in all in one basket and being multifaceted and being you know and doing this and that you don't have to just stick to doing one thing there's a multitude of things that you can do and this is a fantastic way not only that but you know just to be able to reach out to gaming audiences and and building a community i mean the the gaming community already is very strong so being able to have these shows to talk about you know uh, gaming things or and doesn't even have to extend to marvel things or maybe there's a new musical that came out all kinds of just pop culture and and amazing things being able to talk about that and you, you said you know you know make a little money off of it and and doing that stuff is absolutely fantastic let me ask moving forward is there anything or or thoughts that you have i know that you talked about expanding this show uh can you go into detail about maybe any kind of like special segments or kind of taking it to the next level or doing something that kind of pushes the boundaries on it um i say i know from a lineup of our i say of me and my 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 friend john who's the Mm co-host with me um from the start even when I was back with WFRV, I always said we got to have a female re- representation. I said we mm-hmm. have to have a lady on this show um, because it just it equals things out, mm-hmm. you know. Right? It's just, you know that's what esports is. Esports is all inclusive. Everybody doesn't matter your background, your your gender, your 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 orientation. You should have a spot. You should have a voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's all you know for myself. That my show is looking for. Oh, we we've been we haven't really. Uh, I say promote it, but I think we're gonna start promoting it now. We need a female host. <laughs> Boom! You know, we gotta have it because it's 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 what the esports is all about. Everybody, no matter like I mentioned, no matter where you're from, no matter your gender, no matter your orientation or what you are, uh, I say named as, as they say, they, him, he, she. Mm. We want We want them. We want you on the show to help out and and to grow this thing. Continue to have fun. You know, we always like when we do certain when we talk about stuff like you talk about, like the same thing you, you and uh, Luke talk about. 
you know, talking about Game Fest and talking about, we talked about E3 and we talked about DreamHack. And it's like, we always, you know, jokingly say, ha, ah, we're going to be at DreamHack one day or we're going to be at E3 one day. You know, that's mm-hmm. the goal. I mean, really, that's the goal. We want to be right. at E3 one day and where I have you guys on the show, you know, or right. vice versa. I'm on your show because you're at E3. You know, because I, I want to promote you guys. I want, you know, y'all promote me. I'm going to promote you because it's all in the same. We're we're here. We're talking about stuff we love to do. And we're talking about things that actually can empower people because it could teach them more than, you know, what we already talked about. You don't just have to be an esports, you know, talent, a you know, pro at mm-hmm. these games. You could do this on the side. You could be a business manager. You could be a marketing coordinator. You could be a, a social media coordinator. You could be a coach. You know, you could be, like mm-hmm. I said, an FPS specialist. If you're really good at shooting, trust me, there's either an organization or a school that is looking for that type of talent. And it's not the talent that you usually, when you hear talent, you think of uh, like a pro player. But talent is all these other different little categories, you know, that that is now at, you know, the college, the high school and the pro level where you get hired on um, to be a part of an organization that is, main at overwatch or other games or they they have a a, a family of games that they play amon i've got one last question from from my side of things and i'm just gonna be honest it, it's not it's not gaming related but, oh, that's okay. <laughs> but i just need i just need your super early prediction what are the packers gonna do this year Ooh, yeah this is yeah you're right super early is right when people usually ask me this question, I'll be like, man, we got we to get past preseason first. We got to get preseason. Um, I would say this. The best way I can answer that is, like, with the, you know, we, the draft just passed mm-hmm. and free agency free agency as well. And we saw that, you know, I say for Packer fans, the damage is done. <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing Devontae and, uh, yep. you know, Aaron, Aaron getting his big deal. And so – what they're set up for is to have. I say they're going to definitely win the division again. They mm. not much has fell off. It hasn't fell off that far. So they're definitely going to win the division. They're going to win the NFC North. The question is then, how far can they go in the playoffs? Um, <laughs> I see. <laughs> we just talked about. I do. Hey, I do. I do a football podcast too. With if uh, Lucas, you remember a guy by the name of Mike Wall? He was one of my guards. Yes. And so mm-hmm. he actually lives down not far from where I'm at now. Uh, he lives up in Austin. And uh, okay. so he's on the podcast with me. And we just talked about this. Actually, this particular topic is how is the NFC North going to do this year? So you can tune into that. That's going to be actually I got it. I got it downloaded to the um, to the where we downloaded to the to the headquarter now um, mm-hmm. online website. So I'm going to download that soon. We're done. But we talked about, you know, that the NFC North most likely still going to be dominated by the Packers. Just because that you know teams like the Vi- or teams like the Lions, um, like the Vikings, not much turnover in a good way for them. They still like right. Vikings, still have Kirk Cousins. He's not you know show. He's a good quarterback, but against Aaron, against other top end quarterbacks, he hasn't mm-hmm. done well. You know, and not putting it all on his back. We know as players, defense, special teams, coaching, all that is involved. But how you know how the media talks about quarterbacks. Those are the guys who's supposed to leave you lead lead you to the promised land, and he's been mediocre in terms of that leading right. part of it. Still a great person, still a great athlete, but still at the level he's competing with, he's beginning he's competing against a guy in the division. You know that's Aaron Rodgers, who got three consecutive or not three, but three MVPs, um, been right. in two Super Bowls, won one, lost one, and so you got a lot to catch up for. And then as we know with the Lions, 
they've just been a dumpster fire for forever. <laughs> um, you know, it's just not been good. But now they got a kid that is homegrown and aging Eddie Christensen that can yeah. come in. And sometimes it just takes one person. It does. Right. With the right attitude to say, as a player, hey, we don't, I don't care what's been going on before I got here, but it's now mm. going to change. It could be, and it could be that. It could be Aiden. Uh, I watched him. I'm in Big Ten territory in Wisconsin, so I watched him play. He has right. a high motor. He could possibly be that game changer, but hopefully somebody, you know, they and their offense is coming together. DeAndre Swift at running back. They have uh, the quarterback. I can't remember the name. Golf Jerry Golf from uh, that was mm-hmm. with the Rams. So he's a, you know, he's a he's a top end quarterback with right under the the top fray of guys. Aaron Tom, right? Holmes. He's probably the next layer, but he he is a guy that can get them to the playoffs. But now that team has to come together. And then your Bears. Um, I like. I like Justin Fields. I always I love that pick from day one. Now yeah. it's just like now is which I saw I could see now looking over their roster, they picked up a ton of wide receivers. So they're trying their yeah. best to give Justin some weapons. I mean, they got a run game with Mike Montgomery. I like his running mm-hmm. style. He's my type of running back. And so now, as we know, this is a passing game. I looked on their roster today, their depth chart, they get they probably got about six new receivers. For the offseason. Right. So this is getting ready for training camp to get Justin Fields, you know, some weapons to go to, you know. So that's good to see that they're trying to do that. And so, but still, it's going to be a year off or two for, for a lot of absolutely. The teams, not the Packers in the, in the NFC North. No, you're 100% correct on that. I don't anybody that that thinks otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Um <laughs> because yeah, and with the new coaching staff, new front office too, which was desperately needed because it wasn't happening. So, but there's there's definitely some years of rebuilding on that and I I think the only team that could even potentially possibly and and maybe I'm wrong would be maybe a Minnesota uh you know but yeah. again I mean I just don't see it happening so it does hurt for them that they lost uh Devonte um that was a huge pickup for the Raiders there but uh you know they they should be fine in division we'll see what they do uh even though it it hurts me to say it <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it's like I know you're like oh my god I got to talk about these dudes no, nah, uh, I, I, I'm a realist. I'm a realist. So. Right. Yep, me too. Me, I exactly. I'm, I'm there with you. Ahmad, thank you so much for joining us today. Please tell us where can people uh, contact you, figure out and find what you got going on. Oh, yeah, it's real easy. Uh, so Amon Green 30, all one word on Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm on TikTok at Amon Green's Gamers Lounge on TikTok. Or, yeah, on TikTok. And then on, uh, on Facebook is just Amon Green. And then Lakeland. Uh, what's it? LakelandMuskies.com. So that's L U S L K E L A N D M U S K I E S dot com. That's the athletic website for Lakeland University. Um, click there, and obviously there's a tab eventually that says esports along with all the other sports, which is great to see. Click on esports, and you can shoot me an email from there. And then uh, that's what, yeah, that's where you can find me. And I'll say podcast wise, uh, recording tomorrow. At 11 a.m. Central Standard, and it's every Wednesday. And then Mondays, um, I record on Monday, but then it's usually live later in the evening. Like tonight, it's going to be the podcast will be up for the On My Block podcast with Mike Wall. Um, it's uh, me and Mike talking about Packer Packer information, Packer stats, games coming up. But now it's offseason, so OTAs and gearing up for training camp has been, my, been our conversation. But like I mentioned today, we talked about you know who may win the NFC North 
for 2022 and then also uh, other teams and then what they've done in the offseason to get better in the NFC mm-hmm. North. And we know a few teams in the NFC North have you know good drafts with, like I mentioned, Aiden Christensen going to stand home in Michigan, being a Lion. But the mm-hmm. other teams have had pretty decent draft picks as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. It was absolutely fantastic. It was an honor to have you on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Can't wait to we can't wait to come back. Absolutely. Lucas, what do you got going on, man? Are you are we gonna play Evil Dead this weekend or what? We gotta get it in, brother. We are. Ooh. We are gonna do Evil Dead this weekend. I mm. I am excited uh to probably die, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll try, I'll that's try my best. Definitely what's gonna happen. Yeah. I might have to join y'all. Yes. I, I know, I'll just say we have to exchange information. So we we got I'd love to play some time. Right? Yeah, oh, that's on are you playing on PC or Epic? That's on PC, Epic. yeah. Yep, yep. I'll send uh when I, I I have I'll see you in my regular game. I got Epic. I mean Epic. I got Lucas's phone number, so I'm gonna text him all my gamer tags. Perfect. ID, Riot, Activision, yeah, Battle.net, all them things, so we could play. Yeah, sounds good. That would be awesome. Sounds good. I, I was gonna mention too. You know, I'm I we're both super pumped for Gotham Knights as well. So we gotta mm-hmm. when the, when that game drops later this year, we gotta we gotta hop on. Don't that. even get me started. That, that's the only the only other game. That rivals to me, Gotham uh, Gotham Knights is mm. the God of War Ragnarok. Oof. I can't wait mm. for both. Like those, I'm gonna just be off the radar for like yes. a weekend. Mm-hmm. Two three days, they were like, "Where's Amon? Amon is in yeah. Gotham. He's either in Gotham or he's in in wherever wherever Kratos is at." I was gonna say, just yeah. just tell people check the calendar. If those games just came out, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. may stream it. I don't know. I might just keep that to myself. Yeah. Like, no, nah, right. This is for me. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, no, seriously, other than that, right? Not not much for me this weekend. I will say this episode already a top tier episode, so definitely Amon, you gotta come back on uh yes. soon. Anytime. And uh yep. Ryan, what do you got going on this weekend? You already know. I'm on that I'm back on that destiny grind. Love to get some evil dead in. Uh I've got my niece's um graduation, like I said, this week. So my parents are in town. So I'll probably be doing family stuff most of the week, but I'll definitely I should have time to be able to get it in this weekend. So I'm excited, and not only that, but I'm also excited to be able to chill and not have to travel or do anything and sit in sweatpants and be a bum for a weekend. It's going to be fantastic. So, (laughs) yo, we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Thank you so much for joining us again. Don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at LandPartiesPod, at LucasEggen, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend as well, and we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend we'll see you guys real soon and you know what it is we love your faces